Hi, I'm Marty. I'm Dave. I'm John. I'm Aaron. And this is Door 14 Hockey. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Door 14 Hockey Podcast. I'm your host Marty alongside Dave. Hello. And uh, if you're watching on YouTube, uh, eating one man eating machine, having his one man mukbang there on screen is John Ford. Hey John, how you doing? More about this guy. <laughs> um, this is quality sound uh, for those listening on our audio podcast. Um, John's tucking into his dinner because he's obviously came in late. Um, John, what are you having there? Lovely, lovely fish supper here. Nice, great. Um, guys, it's been two weeks since our last podcast. Um, a lot has happened. We will catch up on all of that. We are heading into this coming weekend is the, well, this week has been the Elite Ice Hockey League's Pride Week, um, celebrating all things equality and pride within um, the UK, um, over across the UK. Um, all of the teams have embraced, or most of the teams have embraced so far. Uh, the changing of logos and and we've seen a number of different jerseys being launched this week and released uh and ahead of this weekend's primarily this weekend's pride games um so we will get into that later in this podcast and um, for those watching our youtube channel um we have a um a nice pride theme going on we have a nice pride background and our our our, our, uh, our overlays are all rainbow colored and pride colored so um that's part and parcel of, of our commitment to it as well um but we'll go oh, sorry john no i was just saying oh okay Love it. yeah because it's an audio yeah, podcast so maybe say it out i was taught as a small child not to talk with my mouth full so i was just given a visual cue there that i was i was really enjoying the the updated pride um background and uh, graphics that are surrounding us here great they're they're lovely well done marty thanks john uh dave we're with gonna that, go- i'm gonna go back to my fish supper you do that dave <laughs> we'll, switch, we'll switch over to you how are you doing uh, i'm not too bad uh, spent all week uh, working on my, my new home office so hopefully we'll be in it next week which will be great and then next podcast i should be do- coming from there which will be great fun nice um just a bit dedicated space to to work from um continuing to work from home so um I'm currently in what should be the spare bedroom, but uh, it's been taken up by all my stuff from the move and uh, all my office equipment. So, Yep, so you'll be looking forward to that and a bit more space for yourself. Um, John, I know you're in the middle of eating, but you've returned from Scotland. The last time we recorded, you were sitting in the comfort of your living room, looking like a a true Scotsman um, with your checked shirt and uh, what looked like a log cabin background. Um, How how are you finding being back in Belfast? (laughs) Um, it's it's nice to be to clarify. You yep. you said I looked like a true Scotsman. I thought we'd agreed that I looked like a Canadian woodsman. Well, you did. I will. I want to yet again clarify, but by you calling me a true Scotsman, I did record the last podcast whilst wearing underwear. Let's be totally clear about that. <laughs> um, your Scottish hose, hoser, hosier, hoser, hoser, something is yeah. I think that's the phrase. I didn't have my Scottish hose out. <laughs> no Canadian hoser. <laughs> oh, so many options for podcast names already. Um, <laughs> guys, um, I'm going to get stuck in to, um, our, our, our podcast me, as we normally me, do. Me too. I'm going to get stuck in here as well. You get stuck into your food there, John, and I'll, I'll run down the, the league. You give us the rundown, stands. you give us the rundown the league and I'll chirp in at some point. Perfect. Great. I'll call you when I need you. Um, so we'll start off as we normally do and we'll look at the current standings across the, uh, Premier Sport Elite, Elite Ice Hockey League. 
Um, starting at the top of the league in first first place is the Cardiff Devils, sitting first with 26 games played and 37 points, followed by Sheffield in second with 21 games played and 35 points. Uh, Belfast are in third with 21 games and 32 points. Nottingham in fourth with 21 games played and 22 points. Guildford in fifth with 23 games played and 20 points. Manchester in sixth with 24 games played and 20 points. Coventry seventh with 17 games played, 16 points. Glasgow eighth with 17 games played, 14 points. Dundee in ninth with 19 games played and 13 points. And Fife then sitting in last place in 10th place with 21 games and 13 points. Um, there is a, a massive differential you can see in the number of games played throughout across the league. Uh, the highest number played is by Cardiff with 26 games played, followed by Manchester with 24 games played. And right there at the bottom, we have Glasgow and Coventry with 17 games played apiece. Um, I suppose my first question is going to come in. Normally, I would go into the first question being your take on how the league is currently standing. But I'm going to start actually this week with just more of a your thoughts on the fact that we have where I suppose there's been a number of different issues going on. Obviously, um, COVID protocols and COVID stuff, which we will get into in period one. Um, I know John's got a good bit. He wants to talk about that, I think. Um, and we will talk about that. But I mean, we've got Glasgow who've made, who made the executive decision on themselves on themselves that they would just postpone some games because of the um inability to bring fans into the arena so they postponed some games for that um coventry then were obviously brought uh got stuck in the middle of a number of different um i suppose a number of the different teams they were supposed to be facing um across december um had to go into protocol so therefore they didn't get the play so they're down a number of games as well um I mean, Dave, we'll go to you because I know John's eating, so we're going to go to you. Um, you've drawn the search straw. Uh, I mean, we're at a point where we're in the middle of Jan- we're towards the middle of January now. League is supposed to finish in April. I think I read somewhere that in order for like the Glasgow clan to, and this probably with them would apply to the players too, uh, in order to play for them to play all of the remaining games before the end of the season. I mean, I think they had to condense down. What is it like? is it 23 games or something they have to condense down now into it's just a, short, a really short period of time compared to everyone else um i mean how the, how's our team's gonna f- do that yeah it's it's gonna be um it's gonna be painful and some teams are gonna need to forfeit games i think um because i can't see there being much reason to do um especially the way the the current climate is um to do like a wednesday game in the midst of all this um you know there's already um, I'm not sure about attendance to the games, but there's already been a huge drop off in the number of people uh, like going out for dinner um, or going shopping. Um, you know, generally socialising has dropped quite significantly. I know in Northern Ireland anyway. Um, I would have a feeling there's probably something similar in Scotland. Uh, obviously, we know England's a bit of a rule on itself, so it's probably went up. Um, but the it's a. <laughs> Sorry for all our uh, um, listeners. Um, somebody has made an executive decision to mute John because he was being too much of a pain. So um, all I could see was a wave in his arms back and forward. Clearly, clearly making political points on this podcast is not allowed. Um, I was muting you because all I could hear was this munch of food. And I was like, I, I need to stop that. It was just like, it was making me... Oh, you, you want to prepare yourself no, now um, then? Here yeah. comes the chip, buddy. You're being muted again. Uh, Dave, continue. <laughs> yeah, so it was... Um, yeah, so I think that there's an element of it's going to be tough um, if they want to do midweek games. I know that that's something they do, but I think you, you end up losing money, if, that, if in my opinion. Um, 
it's going to be tough uh, to, to finish it all to finish off the league strong for any of these teams. I know Belfast in for a bit of a um, a hammering between now and the end of the season with all our Scottish games being finished off. Um, I think pretty much by the end of uh, the end of the month or the end of well end of next month anyway. Um, and then it's all we were talking about this at the game. It's, it's all just going to be. Yeah, it's people we haven't played too much, and then it's, you know you've not got a rapport with them, so it's going to be be interesting. One hundred percent. I mean, we, we as you said, um, Dave, like in our in the last game we were there, um, we we did discuss this. It was the, the uh, it was again another visit from a Scottish team, and it was it's Fife actually. It was the Fife game, um, that was brought. Mm-hmm. That we, we were playing them there last week or whatever it was, and we discussed the fact that like the last our last meeting i think with fife will probably be is in fife in february time which we will be at the game um and i think that's the last time we play them i'm pretty sure that's the last time nope. we, is there one more time nope. after that the last game of our regular season at home is against fife this year was that changed then because of the, did they change? no we didn't play it okay so there there we go but i mean it's just it just seems to be obviously with all of the chopping and changing of how the games have been you know working out because of obviously covid and trying to fit in and for you know what i will i will put my hand i will you know i'll be the first one to applaud the teams and the league and stuff for being able to kind of at short notice it's tough i'm not gonna lie it's gonna be tough to arrange arrange at short notice those changes to having asking teams like do you mind coming down and switching out and going to here instead of going there could someone go over to belfast and do that you know i i, for, I fully applaud the teams that decided you know they, they said do you know what yeah we'll do it and for for play them and you can see that obviously cardiff is one of them because cardiff have played 26 games so clearly cardiff have went yep we'll go and we'll play we'll get our games out of the way and and I, I guess as we were saying like it's going to come to a point where there's going to be especially for those teams who've still got a lot of games to play where it's going to be trying to find those balance of where the games are going to fit in and obviously just balance up playing so many games in one play in, in such a such a small succession you know in such close when you time. consider as well that really the the capability that we would have had at the start of the season for doubling up games like mm-hmm. i know it's been a discussion already in a few other places about this doubling up of games you can only really do that when you've still got the Challenge Cup and like we're the first ones to moan about the fact that the Challenge Cup and we're going to talk about the Challenge Cup in this uh, podcast as well it's an overly um, bulbous competition it's bigger than it has to be but at the start of the season what we could have had is double up of games which we used to have we used to have the League and Cup games mm-hmm. now the fact that there's a difference in how those games used to be played you had some that went to overtime some that didn't all the rest of it it gets messy Mm-hmm. but you don't now have that capacity because at, currently we're down to is it seven teams yep. that are currently still in the Challenge Cup. We've only yep. had one of the quarterfinals completely finalised now um, and you're losing that ability. So what Dave says about teams having to potentially forfeit games and unfortunately that's not... I mean, the, the, glass, the looking glass is on Coventry and Glasgow for that because yep. they are now significantly behind the likes of Cardiff. Um, yep. They're they're sitting with nine games in hand mm-hmm. on Cardiff. Yep. Which is, that's a lot of games. Yep. I'm going to take us back and we're going to look before we move on um, across the pond to the NHL just um, and just kind of get your, get your, your take on the standings as they are at this time. Obviously they're, they're a bit hard to kind of, I suppose they're, they are what they are at the moment in terms of, we can clearly see the Cardiff are sitting top, but again, that's inflated because obviously they've played 26 games, um, which is five games in hand over basically the next teams after them, you know, so obviously Sheffield, Belfast and Panthers all have five games still to play. Um, doesn't matter about the Panthers there because even if they play the five games, they won't, they wouldn't meet Cardiff, but you know, Belfast and Sheffield both have five games in hand and they're 
within points of Card- of Cardiff. You know, I mean, at the moment, it looks like Sheffield and Belfast are the, the strongest teams at this current time. Um, Belfast Giants, obviously, with a really good run of form at the moment with uh, 10 games straight on the bounce where no loss, you know, and I don't want to jinx it. But, you know, I mean, they're looking strong coming into the second half of the season. I think this is what we were looking for as Giants fans. Um, Dave, coming to you first, I mean, you know, as I say, taking Cardiff out of it and moving Cardiff down to maybe probably where they would be sitting, maybe in third place rather than actually in first. I mean, your thoughts, I mean, we, we Sheffield, is it, is it too harsh race the moment between Sheffield and Belfast? Um, you don't want to say it, but it looks like it looking, it's looking that way. Um, it, it, but every, everything can change this uh, run to the end. The the Giants, in my opinion, have been stellar um, ever since sort of the halfway mark. After they came off their, their COVID break, um, they have really sort of put the marker down uh, and went running. And we were, again, just before the podcast, we were talking about this. Um, I randomly had the stats up and like uh, two two. Uh, two or three guys in the top ten goal scorers, two netminders in the top ten netminders. You know you can't uh, you can't go wrong. Um, and uh, you know that's it's really sort of hopefully that continues on into the rest of the year. Um, and then I think a lot of it is a lot of points that were grabbed by the Giants and Sheffield is with that implosion that happened in Nottingham. Um, you know if you're the Giants were putting seven goals past Nottingham. Like, when have you ever seen that? Like, to be fair, Fife were playing better. Uh, Fife were playing a hell of a lot better than Nottingham have been playing. Um, and they deserved to win a few games against uh, Nottingham this season. It just didn't quite pan out. Um, I have to say, the last few games I've seen Fife playing, I think they've been stellar also and don't deserve to be at the bottom uh, based on what I've seen. Um, and I, I don't like to see Fife down there. I think that they're... Um, the take risks with some of their players and give people chances and we need that in the league so mm, i agree yeah john and um, before we move on just your general thoughts you know in terms of the league as it stands this at this time i mean i totally understand like and agree in principle uh with what dave's saying that taking cardiff out to one side um even though they're sitting at the top the the whole games in hand thing like does kind of put them at risk the one thing i would say and i've heard said um in a few different places is it's important to remember that points on the board are more important than games in hand um cardiff are at the top because they have the points um and like dave says things can turn at the drop of a hat Mm. um there is absolutely nothing to say that belfast sheffield nottingham pick up i mean like dave's 100 right let's just discount nottingham at this point they're a team in complete disarray at this point um but the other the other two teams, there is absolutely no guarantee of walking out of a game against Guildford, a game against each other, um, or a game against Cardiff with points. Um, there is absolutely no guarantee of that. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, so, uh, I mean, we're... We are in the business end of the season. Mind um, you know, obviously not the state of phrase that's kind of too commonplacely used, but um, we are we are looking towards the the end, coming up towards the the tail end of this season. Um, and tough games for a lot of teams, so that'll be something to see. As you said, as you both have said clearly, said um, the challenge is on, and anything could happen can change in the turn of any you know drop of a puck. Anything can change in and any look, game. The, the other the other thing to bear in mind is now that because we're in the business end it's not just about league title at this point it's not just about the fact that we've still got a few uh, challenge cup games to go to finalize that competition we've got those bottom two places to be decided and we've got playoffs to think about as well right now you're looking at dundee and fife sitting down there i don't see that being the way that ends no um dundee have struggled 
but to me, they are starting to pick up. They've had a couple of bad losses against us, but they've picked up a really good win on the road here in Belfast over the Christmas period as well. Yeah. Um, the risk that you've got is with Nottingham, like you could potentially be looking at even the first round of playoffs without Nottingham. If they don't start getting their act together, you could see them really quickly drop down through that list. Yeah. Um, same thing with Coventry. You look at last night's result in the Challenge Cup against Belfast. To me, that's not a team and that's not a, an effort level that gets a team through into playoffs. No. So to lose those two big teams, if I was to pick two teams right now that I thought might drop out of the first round of playoffs, it would be uh, it would be the Nottingham and it would be uh, the Coventry of mm-hmm. the league and yep. I would expect them to drop out. Yeah, and that's a good call. Although, obviously, my my think my take on it is Coventry always seems to be that that bogey team that tends to do well when it comes to the the playoffs and ends up in the playoff final weekend. So uh, you never know; stranger things have happened. Um, guys, I'm gonna switch um, attention across the pond to the NHL, um, and we'll take a wee look there um, at the current standings, um, wild card spots as wild card spots as they currently stand. Uh, starting in Eastern Conference in the Metropolitan Division, uh, sitting top of there is Carolina uh, in first place with 33 games played and 50 points, followed by the New York Rangers in thirty in second with 37 games played and 50 points, and the Washington Capitals in third place with 37 games played and 49 points. Um, in the Atlantic Division then we have sitting top is Florida, sitting Florida Panthers. Yes, you heard me right. The Florida Panthers sitting top with 36 games played and 53 points tampa bay in second with 38 games played and 53 points and toronto sitting in third with 35 games played and 49 points the wild card spots currently held as it currently stands with pittsburgh in first and boston in second um uh, we'll just mention just because obviously for Aaron who isn't here today and I should have mentioned that Aaron is um, in the preparing for his busy move um, so he's had to kind of pull out tonight's episode um, and he is Philadelphia sitting in fifth place on their wildcard spots at this time so um, nothing more to say there for that uh, crossing our putting our attention across to the Western Conference in the Central Division um, all change in the Central Division uh, unfortunately for Dave um, but Nashville sitting there top in first place with 37 games played and 50 points John is happy man there um, cheering away uh, second place Colorado with 33 games played with 47 points and St. Louis in third with 36 games played and 47 points uh, in the Pacific then division it's Vegas sitting top still with in first place with 39 points and or 39 games played and 48 points Anaheim in second with 39 games played and 45 points and Los Angeles which is uh, wow because yeah the Kings have had a, a nightmare past three or four seasons so seeing them sitting there in third place is uh, an achievement 36 games played and 41 points um again we could look at potentially covid protocols having a massive effect as well on different standings and everything else but as you guys said earlier on it's the points that you have but uh, again protocol has been in place in a lot of different games several games have been cancelled and Tro- uh, we know in from the last podcast that a number of games in canada were cancelled due to the protocols and changes there and covid restrictions and fan engagement so decided to cancel a number of games so there's a bit of again things will balance out over the next week or two um but the wild card spots are currently held by minnesota thankfully um and san jose, san jose are sitting in second place for the wild card spots um john come to you first um because you're a happy man um nashville sitting first place there um in in, in the division um let's get your thoughts last couple of weeks has been an absolute revelation for the preds um, they have smashed it out of the park over the, the festive New Year period. Um, 
ending runs. I'm seeing the pesky preds hashtag is starting to trend again. Uh, we we are starting to knock a few big heads. Uh, none none better than the the last game a couple of nights ago against uh, the Canes. Uh, Canes were sitting on was it a seven or eight win streak mm-hmm. and uh, took them to OT and then got a, a. To be fair, like it is a lucky OT winner, but it's still an OT winner. Um, comes off a, a defenseman from a, a slap shot high up in the zone and just falls perfectly um, for the next man up and top corner. Skate off, happy days. Thank you for the, the home win. Um, but, I mean, this is what we talk about. This is how things change. And yeah, it's NHL regular season. We don't really care. You want to be in those top three spots. You want to be guaranteed your uh, position for playoffs. And right now that's where we are. Yeah. Dave, I mean, Minnesota sitting there first wild card spot, but having only played 39, 33 games compared to, you know, um, 37 games that, you know, they, uh, that uh, Nashville have played in the same division. I mean, I, I, still old play for you. Exactly. Uh, um, there's, uh, we missed four games. And as you mentioned, they were all Canadian teams, uh, Winnipeg and uh, the. Another Montreal. one. Montreal, was it Montreal? No, might have been. Uh, I have to double check, but oh, Sanders, 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 Sanders. Um, and uh, which meant that you know, dropped four games, still two wins on the shot, but you're just not playing as much. You don't really, you keep it up. Big win against the Caps though last night, um, which is you know you can never sniff it, um, and hopefully that'll continue. And another big win against Boston as well. I think the night before, or the two nights yeah. before. Um, so hopefully the um, we can keep that trucking. I would love to see. Um, I'd love to see the Wild in. I want to see the Wild in the playoffs whenever uh, the Blackhawks are out there, so don't put us out in the first round. Um, and then we can <laughs> see how it goes. Um, it's uh, to me, it, you know, pre uh, pre playoff hockey in the NHL is sometimes a bit of a, a mixed bag. But I think we're getting closer and closer to the business end where the games start to really matter, yeah. um, especially when you're looking at uh, some of those teams that are not quite in the mix um, that they're going to really need to try. So um, we'll see, probably see a big push from people like Dallas and Edmonton and things like that there that really start needing the points. So, yeah. What about you then, Marty? So obviously the Leafs are sitting, they've kind of floated around in those top three spots recently, um, looking at their current form. They're definitely a team that like performing at home, uh, going 14, four and one home record away. Not as good. Nine, five and two. Um, you're sitting on a one loss streak at the minute. Um, yeah, I mean, what do, you, what do you make of the Leafs? I don't, I, I don't think there's too much to worry about at the, at the moment. Um, I think you know when we look at um, you know, games. I know we've we've, we've been talking quite heavily about games in hand and stuff at the moment, but you know when we look at the games in hand that the the the, the Leafs have, um, you know when you when you compare them with like say Tampa and Florida, you know we're 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 battling in there with the with the points. I mean Austin Matthews. I don't know if you've seen Austin Matthews is on a. A record, almost like a record-breaking point streak at the moment within the NHL, um, and it definitely a Leafs franchise record. Um, he is just outperforming everyone, and it's just, it's just, it's, it's, it's amazing performance that he's been putting in. Um, and they've been talking about, you know, obviously his return to Toronto, um, because they've been on a a run of uh, away games at this uh, currently. Um, they returned to Toronto, and and you know, will he continue with that point streak? And and it's it's great to watch. I mean. As you say, it's it's important. That, you know, the next few, the next few, the next month or so will be the, those those key games that we're looking to kind of obviously pull in and, and kind of keep you know keep focus on. And I'm just hoping that we we keep this form going just so that we can you know obviously continue again and and, jo- and, and join the playoff run again like um the la- the previous few years. So fingers crossed. Um, I'm I'm still 
very um positive that we're we're continuing with our our, our co- a good streak at the moment uh, yeah we've had one loss there um but let's see let's see it continuing the other thing i wanted to comment before we move on from from the standings was just i and i mentioned it kind of tongue-in-cheek there whenever i was going through the standings but a few teams three teams in particular there's a couple of teams there that um definitely are, are surprising you know surprising names to see in in the mix for sitting in top top places now fair play to florida Florida Panthers, they are 36 games played and 53 points. They're holding their own. They have two games in hand over Tampa, who are the next, you know, the next under them, who 38 games played and 53 points as well. Um, you know, Florida have had a, a fantastic season. And you would imagine saying that. Like you think about Florida in the past and you just think to yourself, they're in the mix. They're doing really well. Listen, listen. When you look at the stats there, like I said about the Leafs being a home team, a team that like performing at home. All right, the, the Florida Panthers are currently sitting 19 and 3 yeah. at home. Now, based on this last weekend, that Florida Panthers home arena is definitely somewhere where you can go and have a bit of fun. Uh, and we might talk about it later on. We in will. Three. I, well, we'll, but, we'll yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll make a decision. We'll make an informed decision when we get there as to yeah. whether or not we talk about that. But clearly, it's an arena that everyone likes going to I, because no matter what, you're going to have fun. I feel like Dave is, I think like, I feel like Dave's blissfully unaware of what we're talking about in terms I of that. Like oh, you see. And Pacific Division as well. I also mentioned obviously Anaheim and Los Angeles, the Kings sitting second and third. I mean, the the Ducks and the and the Kings, like we haven't seen them sitting in those positions in, in a long while. Or feels like we haven't seen them in, there in a long while. Um, especially LA, like we haven't seen them been this form since the last time they won their Stanley Cup. I mean, they took a, a big dip after when their last Stanley Cup and they just weren't the same team after that. Um, but you know, they're sitting there, 36 games played, 41 points. I mean, it's not, not gotta impressive points. Gotta, it's gotta be something said about having Snoop coming out on comms. Uh, I think pretty much <laughs> since that game, something's, something's clicked with them. Um, the only other team I want to mention, but we will talk about in the second period and um, because they're just woes, it's just like, it's just one bad turn going to another and that's Arizona. I mean, we will talk about them in the second period. Um, but I seen a funny thing this week about like, you know, uh, when is it time that Austin Matthews will sign a contract with Arizona? And I was like, it's a sinking ship. Don't do it. Um, I was like, was someone being serious when they depends, wrote depends <laughs> where they're going to end up. He might like somewhere a bit colder than Arizona. Yeah. You never know. Um, guys, I'm going to round it up there. I'm going to finish off our preamble, kind of our pregame um, and move on. If that's okay with you guys into our period one, let's get stuck into the show. Okay, period one is a roundup of uh, news from around the UK. Um, uh, we have a number of different stories, and most of them are coming from from John um, in this period. But I'm going to start off first and go with my story first. If that's okay, guys. Um, we we were t- we were discussing obviously um, in our previous po- in last week's po- our two weeks ago our last podcast um, about the COVID protocols, approved the COVID restrictions that came into place both in Cardiff or sorry, in Wales and also in Scotland. Part of that was that the, um, the, the number of fans allowed in arenas to watch live games was being restricted quite heavily. Um, we had discussed at the time that um, obviously the Scottish teams were restricted down to about 200 fans or 200 spectators in the arena and the rinks um, and arenas. And they have stuck by that. Some teams, as we discussed previously, Fife and Dundee, decided to carry on put together something for fans in order to still have some fans in the arena. And also then obviously they had their webcasts. Uh, I suppose Glasgow for for 
it took a bit of time for them to kind of figure out what they were doing. I suppose is the best. Is it, and being polite about it, you know, and, they still, and that's being polite. They still haven't figured out what they're doing. Let's be perfectly honest. Yeah. So they so Glasgow have finally bit the bullet and are providing webcasts. Will be provide? Will be doing webcasts moving forward. Um, obviously because of the restrictions that are still in place. Uh, the reason why I'm bringing this up, guys, is that the um obviously the the is it what obviously we call an executive here, John? Is an assembly in Scotland? Is it? Yes, the Scottish Assembly. Assembly. So obviously, the the um, the the first minister scrapped the five hundred uh, five hundred um, spectator limit for outdoor events um, this past week, um, just in time for obviously Scotland's top football teams to return as well from the winter break, as well as the Six Nations starting. Um, so that's helpful for them. Um, John's cheering there, um, but the indoor sports um, are still left obviously dangling with not knowing exactly what to do. So at the moment, they must continue to play in front of a maximum of two hundred fans until at least at the latest January 24th, where they'll make some kind of decision around what's going to happen. Um, I mean, that number is also being used for things like theatres and, and live events and live venues and stuff as well. So I guess the teams are still sitting in limbo as, as we speak. Um, and I, I, I kind of was... I, I think I mentioned, I think it was the Dave, I think I mentioned this the other day and it, and it still applies. You know, when you think about, you know, Scottish teams, Scottish fans aren't able to go and watch their own team play in... In, in like say for example Fife or whatever it might be they're not able to go and see their own fans play in their home arena but you know jump on the boat come across and watch their team uh, here in Belfast could, we could literally they have all, all of them in Belfast it's fine we could all sit in that away section yeah and and, and we did see Look, that we, I mean, we joked we joked that the five fans don't need to bother about that because their gate at the minute is so shocking yeah like, so to I get mean, 200 they'd have to increase their gate to get to the 200 limit let's be honest i mean at the moment you know um fair play to fife and dundee who have continued to play their games um you know in front of restricted crowds um you know even against like big teams and and uh, as well as what they would probably deem as local derby matches you know obviously against each other um i mean we uh, the reason i bring this up is obviously um you know, we do see a lot of games coming up and we also have our trip planned for February uh, for our double header away. And I'm, I've got my fingers crossed for the 24th of January that they're going to lift restrictions. Um, John, being the, the Scott that you are and, and um, you know, what's your, what's your take? Do you think, you know, it's a, it's a tough one. Um, I have been keeping sort of more sort of on top of what's going on across there um, or at least trying to. The the indication seems to be that there will be some sort of lifting uh, of these restrictions come the twenty fourth. Um, anyone who's on the who's watching on YouTube will have seen Dave whenever the football and the rugby was mentioned. It's, it's there's a clear financial uh, thing happening there. Uh, that's that's why the lifting of restrictions is happening for those big outdoor events. Uh, the argument could also be made that covid safe um and all that is maybe easier to maintain in an outdoor setting where you've got constant ventilation coming in um let's be honest none of these lawmakers have been to fife and realized that there is still constant ventilation going through that building it's the (laughs) coldest place in the world and i guarantee you probably even covid can't uh survive in there um but you you can't argue now look questions have been made as well in the scottish parliament about this um and with specific queries about ice hockey um so i watched um just today actually there was a one of the the elected officials from dundee raised this question with the first minister first minister's questions and asked what has been done uh to help these smaller sports so they were lumped in a little bit with um netball and basketball um but ice hockey was mentioned by name the dundee stars were mentioned by name in this and they are looking to get 
a combination of a financial package out for the teams which keeps them viable, which is a key thing for us right now. These three teams, you look at the restrictions that uh, Cardiff are operating under, they're, they're even more strict, uh, but they've got a, probably a more stable financial situation. Um, but these three Scottish teams are so reliant on the gate that mm-hmm. without the money coming in from fans, 200 fans isn't enough to pay yeah. the wages for those players for each night. It doesn't pay for the, the ice to be made available. It doesn't pay for the guy who drives the Zamboni uh, or the Olympia if you're in Dundee. Um, and like whatever else, like they need to get to a position where fans can be let back in or they've got some way of generating income um, or getting money, support money from the, the government. Otherwise, we end up back two years ago and we end up with either a league that stops with, um, or carries, either stops, sorry, or carries on with seven teams uh, if Cardiff continues on and if Nottingham can sort out their own problems and whatever else. So, yeah, um, fingers crossed by the time we get to uh, the weekend just before Valentine's Day when we're heading out there um, that we're actually able to get into these rinks. Um, but failing that, we'll go and we'll have a few beers anyway. A nice romantic uh, door 14. Yeah. We'll uh, drink like outside. It. Uh, yeah. nice, as we'll we said, stand outside the arenas. <laughs> a nice door 14. Yeah, I'll, I'll get the webcast on my phone and find a find a uh, projector somewhere. Just tailgate party. Tailgate party. <laughs> in February in Fife, yeah. Sounds good. <laughs> um, Dave, <laughs> tropical, tropical. Dave, coming to you. Yeah, um, yeah positively. Coming to you on this, um, you know, we have... Um, you know, we, we, we were looking at, I was, we were talking there about obviously venues and about um, the numbers that are allowed to go into these venues, you know, obviously set at, um, set at 200. Um, a lot of talk has been that the number just felt like it was being plucked out of the air, like there was no actual real thinking about what those numbers were. Um, you've got the likes of, like, well, taking Fife out of it, because we know Fife is a small enough rink, um, but Dundee and more so Glasgow, you know, the the Brayhead, the Bray, well, the Brayhead Shopping Centre Arena, um, Glasgow Clans, Glasgow's Arena, uh, the Clans Arena. I mean, they could they could easily fit the Renfrew Clan. I mean, they could easily fit triple the amount. I mean, even quadruple that amount. Like they, they could easily fit enough people in and still have yeah. space to socially distance. I mean, I mean, it's you know, like it's there's difficulties there, but I mean, would you agree with like yeah. there could be things to, in place? Obviously, it would take a bit of planning. Yeah, there's definitely the. It, it was a number that was picked primarily for indoor venues, thinking cinemas, theatres, you know, rather than sporting events. But in the same way it happened over here, there's like this moment where they go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like with uh, the Giants there, that didn't mention anything about uh, indoor um sport events there was you know there's talk of putting restrictions on outdoor and then suddenly they're like, oh well uh, yeah yeah you can't sell alcohol and you can't do this and, and it's um it's like a knee jerk they know they have to do something um and the 200 makes sense for like um like a big cinema you know mm-hmm. if you're trying to you're or a big theater um you know you're you're bringing the numbers down you're trying to keep control over it there's only the when it's a an event you can only got like one in in and out one out one one in excess in and one out we're really fife could just stick all their fire doors open and you might as well be standing outside mm-hmm. you know it's um it, it, you could easily fit 500 in there and still be you know plenty of space for the rest of the Listen, else, you know? if you if you open all those doors on a windy night you're going to end up with an outdoor <laughs> arena anyway <laughs> roof off away it goes um, <laughs> um, foil can only hold it down so long <laughs> i mean um <clears throat> you know we we talk about um you know obviously 
the, the Scottish teams and obviously the other team that has been affected by the same restrictions or similar restrictions. Actually, I don't think there are any fans at all in the, in, in the rink is obviously the Cardiff Devils. The Cardiff Devils are also affected by the Welsh government's guidelines. That means that they can't have anybody coming in. Um, this past week, the, um, well, in the last couple of days, um, Cardiff put out a series of, well, put out a package, I suppose, um, directed towards their season ticket holders. And I'm just going to go through that with you guys, just in case you aren't aware of it. And I want to get your thoughts after that. Um, obviously the Cardiff Devils have uh, a game coming up this next weekend, this weekend against the Fife Flyers. Um, they, the game itself is going to be closed, played behind closed doors. So the Cardiff Devils have offered season ticket holders free access to watch all live streams on Devils Live TV. Um, it's not a replacement for the tickets. It's a gesture from the Devils to the fans as a, as a way to say, we're sorry this is happening, but this is a way for you to watch it. Uh, to make up one of the missed games, the playoff quarterfinal home game is going to be included in the season tickets. It's going to be offered for free rather than you have to pay additional money for the quarterfinal ticket or the, yeah, the quarterfinal ticket. Um, so that's hoping that they get the playoffs. They should. Um, but yes, uh, for each additional game then that they do miss, they're going to receive the value of the game of your season ticket. Um, so the number of games played behind closed doors in the version and either a merch ticket, a merch voucher, credit towards next season uh, season ticket, a match night ticket voucher or a refund to the value of the games missed. Um, corporate season ticket holders will then also receive the same options as regular season ticket holders and larger corporate partners then will also be contacted on an individual basis to kind of advise them of anything. Um, and then anybody who's purchased a ticket for the game that has been played behind closed doors, they're going to be contacted and they're, they're going to be offered a voucher to use at a future game of their choice. I mean, they're they're trying their best, I suppose, to to help um to do what they can um i mean john we had a brief conversation about this last night and um, not too much but uh what's your thoughts on this listen like we've been really lucky here in belfast the the i don't think there's been any postponed games uh through covid for us um as far as home games are concerned there's been a couple of away games because the giants went into covid protocol um as far as being a season ticket holder um I mean, Cardiff have just set the bar that if COVID does have any impact in any prolonged form on home games, you can't look any further than what Todd and the team in Cardiff have put together for those season ticket holders and for those corporate sponsors and everything else. Everyone else who has put money into the team expecting Mm -hmm. a product to be there for them to to see or expecting their brand to be put out there. Um, that's, That's massive. It's exactly how we would expect to be treated in Belfast, I expect. Um, I think we would like to see something very similar. Um, The only thing it it highlights is the specific problems that other teams that are in a similar position in Scotland, looking specifically here at Glasgow, um, they have been really backwards in coming forward with what they're doing, especially for their season ticket holders. And that's caused a lot of social media backlash Mm -hmm. against the team. Um, Bearing in mind that this is a fan base who had to wait longer than every other team in the league to finally see their team back after COVID. And they've, there'll be fans and season ticket holders who were in the same position as the other nine teams had paid up front, had paid for a season that never happened, kept their money in the team, kept the, the business afloat in the meantime. And then they get repaid by, Sort of a team that isn't really thinking too quick on their feet about this um, and it, it has to be said 
it puts you in a bad light when Fife are putting something out before you on social media about how they're going to look after their fans than than you are. That's yeah. that's it's harsh, and Flyers fans can come at me if you like. I'm like I'm from Fife, I've been the first one to jump down that team's throat about how quiet they are, uh, but they did come out. They weren't the fastest. Dundee, fair play to them, were the first to come out, uh, but Fife followed fairly quickly behind. Glasgow haven't even caught up with them yet, mm-hmm. let alone with what Cardiff have done. Um, so you've got to say fair play and well yep. done to, to Cardiff for what they've done. Yeah, and before I switch over to our next story with John, uh, uh, Dave, I was going to say to you, and I think John was kind of kind of alluded to one of the questions I was going to ask you. I mean, you know, um, as Belfast Giants fans, um, we, I mean, I think we've been on. We, we, I think is this classic Todd Kelman here at play? You know, when you when you see the when you see the offers being put out for fans, and you see the 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 the, the I suppose the, the what the the effort that the Devils are going to. It's for me. It felt like classic Todd Kelman. Yeah, he knows his stuff. That fellow, you know, and um, we've seen it whenever he redone the Giants season tickets. Um, far too long ago now um, where he changed it from being a set number of games to just all home games um, you know he just we used to the Giants used to have to pay for their Challenge Cup games and um, all that jazz it used to be a nightmare trying to work out which ones were in your ticket which ones weren't and then he came along and went all games yeah. I mean my respect for uh, my respect for him came whenever they um, the first tried to run you off the road well no, well, that that happened too on the way back <laughs> I'm pretty from, sure I think that was the other way around no he tried to run me off the road and Dundalk come back from Dundalk like he he yeah. he, he was tr- he he honestly was trying to drive me off the He's road like, not a joke yeah no <laughs> honestly seriously. no seriously he did he was there was there was roadworks on the road there was roadworks on the Dundalk to Newry road and we were coming up and I was not letting him in <laughs> I was refusing to let him in and he just he just like you, you do. He, you do know that because we're recording this, this counts as like slander. Yeah, so, no, like, he you didn't. Could end up with a lawyer's letter. Nope. Todd can come back and say whatever he wants, but he knows. He knows. He knows deep down. He tried to run me <laughs> off the road. He knows. Um, it was all. It was all because of uh, uh, <laughs> Marty watched them folding his tidy whities getting his uh, stuff washed. You know, in the dry cleaners. Dry cleaners that time. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I was going to say it was the first. You remember the first um, skate you know, winter skate sessions in the Odyssey when they first opened the mm. Odyssey for public skates. And then when they opened it up, they went, oh, um, oh, we've just cut off like half of the, we've just like I right, suppose, yeah, alienated yeah, yeah. all of the season ticket holders to sit over in the way and in, in, over by door 14 and door 13 and stuff because they took away all of those seats and our seats were all taken away. And then they were like, right, well, we're going to, so Todd came just and was like, we're going to offer you all the following packages and you can make a decision yourselves. You can go and sit in the box and have a box for each game that you come to, or we'll just move you, assign you a different seat and we'll give you some vouchers for like drinks and, and merchandise and blah, blah, blah. So he's got, he's, he's got history on it and fair play to him because it's obviously same thing happening there in Cardiff. Um, unfortunately we're going to stick with COVID. Um, but it's, it's, I think it's an interesting one and, uh, and John, I'm going to come to you on this one. We've had a bit of a, there was an interesting discussion happened, um, this previous week from Dr. Matt Robbins, um, who's the chief medical officer, um, for the double I or for the IHUK, um, where he was talking about the COVID-19 protocol. Um, but also then the, the, the elite league I should say, or the, I suppose, was it the elite league or the, the NHL put out their COVID protocol, but then someone within the elite league had stated we can't publish it or something i'll I'll let you discuss it well so um the last podcast we we discussed sort of the the fact that so many teams are going into what was at this point this up in the air concept 
of a COVID protocol that the Elite League had. Uh, nobody knew what it was. Nobody knew what the triggers for it were. Nobody knew when it meant one player goes into protocol or when the whole team goes into protocol. We were seeing multiple organisations going into protocol, uh, including our own Belfast Giants at this time. Um, spring forward a week and there was a lot of social media chatter. A couple other podcasts were were mentioning this as well about what is this COVID protocol. So um, the Elite League look um, put together a, a great video um, that we've posted up on the, the website and you can find the link to it. Um, did a piece with Ice Hockey UK's Chief Medical Officer, Dr. Matt Robbins. Um, Matt came on and was led by Luke through the interview. Perlum did a, a really good job. But I, I was probably the first one to, I think, notice that this had gone online, guys. And I sent this through to you. And I, I, I latched on to a particular phrase that, uh, that Dr. Robbins used. And he suggested that the protocol itself was a set of guiding principles. Uh, and based on certain, certain triggers or certain things, it would cause different actions to be taken per team uh, on a case-by-case basis. He made the argument that a COVID protocol like this is so is very difficult to write down and to make public because it's continually been updated. And he used the example of saying that other leagues around the world, including, for example, the NHL, uh, don't have a published COVID protocol. Now, I I did say to you guys, and I put it out on my own personal Twitter. I didn't go for it on uh, on the the podcast one, um, but. The NHL have a published COVID protocol. It's it's out there. It's mm-hmm. it's available. So what Dr. Robin said is is actually factually incorrect. Do you know what I loved about his statement? He said you couldn't have it written down like the Elite League's rulebook, and I had to have a wee chuckle to myself. So does he know where it is? Because I still can't find it. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. But it's it's. I mean, I think the vast majority of people have let them go on this and. To me, it's a it's another example of us getting a half answer from the league. Um, the other prime example is that we're not the only ones who've asked about the DOP situation and about these fines and what these fines are and how they're defined and where the money goes. We we still don't know. Now, things have gone quiet because we haven't had a DOPS uh, situation for the last possibly three weeks at this point. Um but again, this whole COVID thing, I understand it's a very fluid situation. Things are changing all the time. You've got four nations here where there's differing regulations, which we've just discussed. But to say that because it's a four nation issue makes it's it so complicated. Issue in the NHL. Exactly. And that this is my point is that the, the COVID protocol for the NHL is continually updated, but it's, it is it is available. It's updated and it's available yeah. for anyone. Uh, Joe Bloggs actually, or a GM to go and read. It's actually more complicated than you think when you think about the NHL because the COVID, their COVID laws in the United States aren't national. Yep. They're state by state. So there's 50, all of them, 51, 50, mm-hmm. 50, 50 states. So there's 50, there's 50, there's, it's a 51 nation, if you like, document. It covers 51 mm-hmm. territories, um, not including the different states within Canada either or the different territories within Canada. Um, so it's it's an incredibly complicated document. Yeah. We have what, four what, countries, four four executives, if you like, who make up the rules. It wouldn't be that difficult to publish yeah. that. So I, I really, I don't agree with that. But fair play to them for actually putting something out because it doesn't happen often that the elite league comes out and publicly tries to clarify some issues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I think um, Iron would be a bit gutted if we didn't talk about the elephant in the room and the fact that uh, why is his Death Star only half built? 
That's yeah, okay. Uh, no, he said Aaron Aaron said about it being half built, but I've I've I recently built some Lego. Uh, I had my Millennium Falcon which was getting built over Christmas, and I've looked at these kits and honestly, I actually think that that might actually be completed. It is. Because the the Lego Death Star does have gaps in the, it to uh, see the different the, levels the, and the stuff. Lego, so. The Lego Death Star it, one one side is completed and then the other side is open so you can see the levels of the Death Star. Oh, yeah. okay. So I I think it is completed. So I think Aaron yeah. maybe jumped down the doctor's throat a bit quick there. Yeah. So we'll yeah, we'll defend the doctor on that one. Yep. But indeed. Sure. Publish what that document, you- guys. Good, good touch of having the Lego like that. He like he gets he wins a few points for not having his uh, article published. You know. <laughs> yep. Um, guys, I'm going to move on to our our, our next story. Um, and again, sticking with uh, it's going back to something we were talking about earlier on. We were obviously talking about there's uh, the potential or not even the potential that there is 100 going to be fixture congestion um, with more than 25 games you know being postponed because of the COVID 19 protocol over December and January. You know those games are going to need a f- filter in somewhere um obviously this week the league announced that the teams have agreed to cut the semi-finals uh, of the challenge cup down to uh, just one leg to help ease the pressure on the schedule um they also said that um by doing so it solves it and by cutting the semi-finals down it'll gain back a few dates um that they otherwise wouldn't have now me and john talked about this last night it's not a lot of dates but it's still some dates um something, that might help yeah. it's something um and obviously then a lot of the teams have agreed to that change and they were thankful for that, the teams who obviously were involved. What will be interesting is that in each semi-final, the higher-seeded team from the group stage um, will have the option of playing their games at home. So the semi-final will be played um, at home if the team decides they want it that way. I don't see a team that wouldn't want it. Like, I can't imagine the, the Giants who are now first, who are top-seeded um, from our group stage, who, are, who we know are in the semi-final, the only team we know so far in the semi-final. I can't imagine the Giants going, do you know what? No, we're going to forfeit that and we're going to play away. There's no way it's going to happen so i mean listen even even without it being officially announced um so like you said belfast are the the only team confirmed through to the semis at this point um and lewis hook was given an interview on uh, premier sports almost immediately after the game where they'd gone through and uh, he basically said something around the lines of the opportunity to play the semi-final in front of home fans. So, I mean, the, the Giants have already decided yep. uh, that they are absolutely playing their semi-final at home. Uh, my two questions before you move on to our next story. Um, John, uh, John, Dave, I'll come to you first. And the first question for you will be, um, obviously, the we, we talked endlessly. And we've had a we had a full section on the Challenge Cup previous in previous podcasts. So we know what our feelings are around the Challenge Cup. Um, it goes on too long blah blah this cuts it short slightly by one one game um but um i mean we're we're looking at the semi-finals that used to be across two 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 games used to be an aggregated score you know we're going into now a game that's uh all all the fight for in one one game one one, one game decides it i mean what's your thoughts on that um yeah no that's the i was actually gonna tweet or not tweet uh, message you guys about something so um randomly obviously you know i follow the the nfl as well um so the super bowl 14 teams, right? They decide the Super Bowl in 13 games. How long does it take us to do the bloody uh, Challenge Cup? <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. So, like, yeah, I, I think this is a this is long overdue, um, and it, it really should be something we look at going forward. Um, yes, okay, home advantage in ice hockey has a bigger impact than it does in other sports due to the how the benches are done and things like that. There, you get a short shift and all that jazz, um, but it's it's still it needs to be done i think it's uh it just makes logical sense mm-hmm. um especially with the the league being such a, a, a the, the trophy means that those games that they're playing 
every other night means so much more. And then you have a double, you have a two-legged uh, uh, match, which is unheard of in ice hockey. Um, then just happening. So they're like, you know, it's hard for players to understand. It's hard for some fans to get their head around as well because they're so, especially so used to things like overtime and all that jazz. Um, it's not. Yeah. It's not difficult for the GMs though, and this is the problem. They want the shared gate. Um, yeah. So I can only expect that the semi-finals, whatever teams end up playing against each other, there will be some kind of arrangement for a shared gate on those oh, games. Yeah. I was just. It, it has to be. Because the lower seed is absolutely going to lose out on money. Are you? Are you? Re- uh, now, are you? You're... <laughs> Sorry, John. I was going to say, are you reading my notes? Because my question to you—that was my second question. My <laughs> second question to you was going to be, you know, John, two gate, two gates usually is what happens. One team is going to lose out. How do you think they're going to solve that? So go ahead. <laughs> yep. So look, it's it's going to have to be a shared gate and. Look, we're in a position that right now, if I remember the first round uh, or the, the first games uh, accurately, Dundee are currently leading Cardiff uh, by, I think, a two-goal lead. I think it's 4-2 from the first game. Um, and they will play the decider um, next week, I believe, next Wednesday. Um, Fife are pretty much out at this point. Um, Steelers put uh, a 5-1 result past them yesterday um, in the first game of theirs. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they're they're away. But if you're Dundee and you're potentially going to look to be seeded against, let's say, a Nottingham or a Belfast, you have that opportunity to potentially, through current restrictions, earn yourself a fair bit of cash. Mm. Because if you're going to split the gate with Belfast, who can potentially, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but potentially sell out a game, that's more than you're going to get for having 200 fans in the arena. Yep. So no. uh, yep. there's an opportunity here. Um, yep. Not to say there's not an opportunity for Fife. Like Fife could go and have a result against uh, against Sheffield um, in Fife the way that we've just had a result against uh, Coventry in the second game. We went in with the deficit and we absolutely hammered them. It would be great to see Sheffield crash out after a 5-1 win at home like that. But um, we'll, we'll wait and see. Um, but yeah, it's it's got to be a shared gate. That, that's the only way it can work, and I assume that's how it's going to work. Yeah, unfortunately, we will never find out probably because they'll never uh, they probably will never state what they're doing. But you know, we'll guess nope. that's what's going to happen. Um, taking us to our last story for this period, um, John, this is one that you put up, and it's obviously evol- involving the Leeds Knights and potentially, well, rumors. I suppose only rumors at this point. Uh, potential move to an elite league team, maybe as a caretaker coach or caretaker. Yeah, so look, we we know the position that uh, that Nottingham are in. Uh, Tim Wallace was relieved of duties after a run of uh, fairly poor results. Um, there's a caretaker, the assistant coach there is now sitting in as the caretaker coach uh, currently. Now, there's been no other uh, announcement has come out. Uh, I believe their captain is on long-term injured, so he's acting as a backup bench coach as well for them. Um, but... You've now got a position where a name that at least us in Belfast we're all all too familiar with um, in Dave Whistle has just in the last, uh, in fact, to, let me check, yesterday, in fact, has um, left his role as general manager and head coach with the Leeds Knights. Um, this is more interesting, of course, because there is currently a, a full-time vacancy within the Elite League. Dave has Elite League experience um of course from the belfast giants but he's got a a whole host of experience from elsewhere as well head coach in a lot of different teams in a lot of different leagues um 
at this point in the season, I find it unusual for someone like Dave to be leaving uh, a team in the position that they are if he doesn't have something ready to go. And this has been the... the it's it's not a massive rumour right now. Um, I think it would be an unusual move for Nottingham as well. Um, we've spoken a little bit about it and there is a lot wrong in Nottingham. Uh, a lot of chat online that maybe the wrong person has gone in Nottingham. Um, a lot of people pointing a finger at Guy Set as the primary um, researcher and hirer for that team uh, in Nottingham currently who are massively underperforming. Um, Tim Wallace could only do what he could with what he was given um, is, is the reality. But is it too far of a stretch to expect that are we going to see an announcement at some point in the next few days that uh, that Dave Whistle is going to pull up the car outside of uh, the Motor Point Arena in Nottingham? Well, you never know. Stranger things have happened. The only thing I will mention, the only thing I will uh, just just because I I I know a few boys, um, especially maybe the view from their bridge boys, probably. Um, silently screaming if they're listening to any part of this where, where John said that um the history uh the Dave Whistle with his history with the um Elite Ice Hockey League. I think we'll we'll rephrase that with the Giants and it's the Super League. Um I believe he was oh, okay. synonymous Sorry. with. That's the only thing and I'm just saying it because I know there's a few people out there who'd be like, oh he's got it you know, so Super League. Um but yeah, I agree, John, I mean, you know, it is it is it just are we just are we just putting two are we just putting you know one and one together and coming up with like three you know are we are we are we just kind of guessing that that's what's going to happen or it's an educated guess you know it's it's just it's it, it could be it could just be a coincidence but I would say the likelihood is that he might pop up um and I think you're right I think um I think if there's an option for someone with as much history and um, experience as Dave Whistle, who's available, um, the Panthers, I would say, would probably be jumping at that to kind of maybe look at it as an option. Well, that's that's one thing, actually. Like, say you're in that position. Say you've got an assistant coach who's already in there and you've put them in as caretaker, but you have someone with the experience of Dave Whistle. Do you look to bring him in now? And do you hope that he can salvage something from this season? Or do you just take this season as a write-off? I would say bring him in now. Hope hope that he keeps them either in the run of form that they're in, keeps them, um, gets them a bit better form. Make sure they're there for the playoff. You know, coming into the playoffs, making sure that if they go into that playoff um, game, those quarterfinal games in the playoffs, that they get a chance to actually win a quarterfinal playoff game. There's so much that they have to think about coming towards the end of their season and how they salvage the end of their season. I think it's an option for them. Yep, Guys, um, if. There's nothing else um, on. Just something on yep. the Dave Whistle before before we move on. Um, just a, um, something I noticed on one of the threads on Facebook. Um, allegedly, it was the end of a six-month review um, at Leeds, so it may have been on the cards. Mm. Um, uh, allegedly, the owner wanted him to move into a more to only a general manager role and wanted him to hire a coach where he felt more comfortable being a coach. Um, and then he made the decision at that stage that uh, it wasn't for him. He didn't want to um, take the step away from the ice. Um, he didn't, maybe didn't feel comfortable as a general manager so, uh, and wanted to stay as a, as a head coach role. But uh, um, that's what was on Facebook. None of it, you know, it's all allegedly. Yep. Um, obviously, there's not more any more to the statement than what we have. And as I say, it could just all be coincidental that that's happened at the same time as, you know, Things are ha- things are changing in, in Nottingham, so I'm sure in the next. I'm sure by the time we come back to recording in two weeks' time, um, things will maybe have um revealed themselves. So we'll keep an eye on that, and obviously we will report back um in two weeks' time if that does change. Um, okay, I'm going to 
round off period one and leave it there. Um, and I'll get us um, switch over to Dave for our period two of hockey. Hello and welcome to period two, um, where we continue to talk about Evander Kane. Um, <laughs> um, as we Week know, 36 in the Door 14 <laughs> Hockey Podcast, the team are still talking about Evander Kane. Very good, like that one. For, for, anybody, for anybody who isn't up with her pop culture from the early 2000s, that's Big Brother, which was a TV show, <laughs> reality TV show. <laughs> Might have just shown our age there yeah. a little bit. Yep. <laughs> oh, brilliant, brilliant. Um, yeah, so um, Evander, as we know, Evander Kane, I don't actually know, was he put on unrestricted waivers? Uh, yeah, so I, I can, I, I threw this up. So um, the this last sort of 10 days has been just, again, another showing of the Evander Kane show. Um, so the Sharks decided, um, having had basically either no approaches or no uh, proper approaches, while Kane was on uh, as an RFA, um, or sorry, on restricted waivers, um, the team made the decision following um, the revelation that he had breached the NHL uh, COVID protocol and potentially broken Canadian law by travelling with the team to uh, Canada whilst still under the COVID protocol having tested positive. Um, This all then came down to the the sharks thinking right this guy's just done we can we can't give him a 64th second chance um so we're going to put him on unrestricted waivers so they let him know they told the players association uh, as well and he was put on unrestricted waivers with the um idea to cancel his contract so this means that this is a, a material breach of contract, which means that they can get rid of him and they don't have to pay whatever's left on his contract, therefore saving money on the cap. Um, he was put on unrestricted waivers and there have been, I mean, Marty, you and me spoke about it last night. There mm-hmm. were a lot of rumours that were going around. A lot of teams were potentially looking at this guy. Um, to name just a few, Nashville were, look, uh, were potentially looking at him. Edmonton were potentially very, very close to signing him as much as potentially yesterday may still have been signing him. Marty, your Leafs were mentioned very, very uh, prominently they were, they as were a team that they, we're looking at. Yeah, they were one of the first names that were that were dropped for it, yep. Uh, both Florida teams, apparently, were looking at him quite a lot. Now, it, it turns out, or so, so we're told uh, online, is that he'd only interviewed with one team, um, and that was Edmonton. Uh, Conor McDavid, I don't know if you guys have seen online, Conor McDavid was asked questions about Kane potentially coming into the lineup and he put his social media training to full use and basically said nothing for or against the whole situation. However, it doesn't matter at this point because once again, Evander Kane is under investigation by the NHL. Um, as we know, he was investigated last year for uh, several. We're not going to go back through it again, but for potentially very serious charges that were being brought against him uh, as a private individual. Um, yet again, the NHL will be investigating his crossing uh, the US border into Canada uh, on December the 29th, during which time he should have been on the COVID protocol. Uh, and yeah. clearly, he did not have the proper medical clearance. Um, this has meant that the NHL has blocked. Uh, any potential signings of Kane 
because if he's found to have been a material breach of any of these protocols, I believe that will make him completely ineligible as a player and will effectively end his career. The saga continues. And this is the third investigation from the NHL, because remember he made the fake uh, COVID passport, mm-hmm. which I think is hilarious, considering he then got, he got COVID. So, mm-hmm. uh, I mean... I still I still say, I chance to take him. I take him in the chance. I mean, it's just... It's, he doesn't have the medical clearance. He doesn't have medical <laughs> Well, he can, he, can fake, he can fake that easily. It's okay. Um, Me have COVID pass. Yeah, it's just like, it's at, at this point, it just, it does become, a, it does become a, a bit of a joke. And we talked about it, you know, and, and we joke around that we've got a, vendor, a Vander watch, but we do, we talk about him so much. We give him so much our time on this show because he just, he keeps doing things. He just keeps giving us... Gift, he gives, gift that keeps on giving. He just keeps giving us content, which is great. Um, but yeah, it's just too much, way too much. And yeah, I, I just think, I, I hope from a, tr- from, from a Toronto fan point of view, I hope they, they don't pull the trigger and go for him. I really don't want to see it. Um, I don't Second know. Second it. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah. I, I, like I jest about him, you know, coming to the, the, the Giants, but I don't think I would really want them in the wild, you know? So it's, um, I don't think, I think he just would bring far too much baggage. Maybe in a year. If you went to like the, a farm team for a year, and you say went to Iowa for the Wilds um, and stayed there for a full year, and then came up next year, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think anybody is willing to take him straight into the NHL, um, and obviously he might not even be allowed to. But yeah. Um, all right. Well, what we'll do is, where are we going? Who's Oh, Aaron's points. I'm saying, Aaron's not here. If anybody doesn't know, we have a have a running order in which we use to keep track of all our stories, and we all put in something apart from me who, who wings it every episode. Um, but uh, Aaron uh, has, was up at uh, six o'clock this morning, pinging us about uh, topics because um, he obviously he's really busy at six o'clock in the morning, um, sitting talking to himself. So he put in a few points. Um, I I mean, I <laughs> who, who would like to. I honestly, this morning when I woke up, when I woke up this morning and I looked at my phone and I seen all, like, honestly, there was like, like quite a few messages in our, in our WhatsApp group this morning. And I thought, God, these boys are up early having a chat, like at this time of the morning. And then when I looked and I seen it was just basically Aaron having a conversation with himself in the chat. It actually made me laugh. I was like, he's he's actually, he's actually having a conversation with himself. He's asking questions and answering his own questions in the conversation. Listen, if you you were in that position, if you were in his position, as Dave has been uh, of getting ready to move house and there's a small kid or kids in the house as well, I'm sure he doesn't know whether he's coming or going at this point. True. Um, it was a random one with uh, with kids. I used to sit and watch the games, and I can remember sitting watching the game, getting really into it, only to find out at the end of it, it was a flipping rerun from the week before. <laughs> <laughs> oh, John, you've got all this to look forward to. Can't wait. Um, guys, I can run through Aaron's stories if you want, or someone else want to take That'd them on. That'd be perfect if you want to if you want to fly through them, and then we'll end with your actual official one yeah, yeah, as a bit worries. of good news or um, uh, a nice piece. Yeah, the first one then is obviously um, as of this, oh, as of our last recording, prior to our last, just around our last recording actually, and I think we we missed it just by because I think it reco- was this came out around about the same day as our recording as we recorded the podcast. Um, the NHL did announce just at the end of December, start of January, that they are 
are going to shorten the isolation period um, for COVID. Uh, for anybody who does test positive from co- for COVID-19, they have shortened that down uh, from what used to be 10 days to five days instead now, uh, which kind of come, comes into what we just talked about with Evander Kane. Obviously, there was a, a protocol in place there around the, the COVID protocols, and he fell short of it because they, this this protocol, this change to the the, the the rules or this change to the their the protocol came in after um he tested positive um but the updated protocols um the, the day he came back into from canada <laughs> the day the day he traveled to canada the league yeah. changed this hadn't enacted it yet and yeah it, it's just perfect comedic timing um so what the nhl have said is that they did modify the covid 19 protocols to shorten the isolation period um under the guidance from the cdc um players will be allowed to leave isolation after five days if they produce a negative test and are asymptomatic um after that players are required to wear a mask for an uh, for five additional days except while on the ice for practices or for games uh, the nhl did stipulate though that the new guidance applies only if approved by local health authorities um, so what I think they mean by that is if they, depending on if they are going to Canada, depending if they are going to from state to state, because obviously we know certain states have different stipulations in relation to what they want to happen. Um, they will have to follow the obviously the guidance there. So if there is a guidance where it says actually we want you to isolate for 10 days, then that will still be in place. It and is, that's, that's what happens noting. when it comes we- to Canada. Yeah, we, we joke about the, the whole Evander Kane thing, but the rule does not change for uh, players traveling no, to Canada. It's, no. it's still 10 days. Yeah, we should, yeah. We should yeah, just to make that clear that that's what it is. Um, and, so, it, and also the, the of entering a country when COVID positive is also another issue with Evander Kane. So. Yep. Well, this is this is my whole thing. With I don't want to go back over the Evander Kane stuff again. <laughs> this, is, this is the second time that he has broken a country's laws surrounding COVID. Yep. He somehow got away with the fraudulent um, COVID pass, which clearly, like, I don't know whether he's got criminal charges against him for that one, but there's been nothing talked about about it. And then he's broken Canadian law by coming in with the team and clearly, like, sneaking through the corners while everyone else is getting their paperwork looked at. Here comes Evander Kane kind of sneaking through, like, going, oh, no, I, I, he I just showed I, his I wee fake COVID. passport. Yeah, I, I don't have COVID. <laughs> well, if he faked uh, the passport, I'm sure he could allegedly fake the passport. I don't think I can really say that. Yeah, um, let's be careful. Yeah, allegedly, because um, uh, obviously we're talking about him enough. He might listen at some point. Laws of average. <laughs> if we do 200 of these, he might listen to one. Of them. <laughs> do you listen to these guys from Belfast? They just keep talking about you. <laughs> <laughs> if he comes on, anyway. I'll just say all, all's forgiven. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's an excellent fraud. Alleged. It's an excellent alleged fraud. <laughs> they talk about you a lot, but they're quite supportive. Um, guys, yeah. I'm going to go into um, Aaron's next story. So his next story actually is a, a callback to um, a story we did have earlier in the season. And this is obviously revolving around, um, I suppose, the, the Arizona, uh, the Arizona uh, Coyotes. It's just going from worse to worse for those guys. I mean, they, they, I mean, we talked in a previous podcast about the fact that... Um, the uh, the Coyotes are attempting to stay within their current facility. Uh, they owed money, quite a significant amount of money, as unpaid bills towards the arena, um, which they were able to go, oh, they went, oh, we didn't realize we hadn't paid it. Look, here's a check. That covers everything. Great. Um, but, I mean, it's ongoing. Um, there is, an, at the moment, there is a, I guess, a, 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 um, 
a vote going through uh, with the city council, the Tampa city council, um, to approve projects um, for, you know, obviously what's going to happen, proposals in terms of the use of the arena. Um, and there's supposedly votes are against the Coyotes at the moment. Oh, in it's, terms not, of- it's not It's not. even. So so I, I've gone through this in great detail because I'm loving what's going on with uh, the Coyotes. Just well, now, then you take over. Complete, it's a complete cluster. Um, so after we talked about the unpaid bills, it, it now comes to a head that they had agreed to pay all of their outstanding bills by the 10th of December. They didn't. Oh, okay. It took them another 10 days to pay their outstanding bills to the city uh, of Tempe. Um, the Again, they were saying, oh, I'm really sorry. It's like there was a, an online post, an online thing that said, we've paid it, we've paid it. And then the city council went, no, you haven't. It's like we're get, we're gonna notice when this comes into the bank account, guys. It's a lot it's of not, money. <laughs> it's not a tenner. Like you didn't buy us a beer. You haven't paid your city taxes for years. We're gonna see this. It took them another ten days. So Tempe City Council are absolutely livid with them. They've had to go back and forward to the NHL, and yet yeah, there's all this brewing on in the background. This is for their existing home. The team have an application in with the city and with um, Arizona for the building of a brand new $1.7 billion facility to go into Tempe. To say that the city council are not quite on their side is a bit of an understatement. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They have they have to get, um, I believe, out of seven votes, they have to at least get four votes for uh, on this one. There are, at the minute, a reported two who have absolutely said yes. They will. They will grant it. They just want to keep hockey in, in Arizona in Tempe. Three have already said no. They have gone public and said that they will not be supporting it. That leaves two undecided. All they need is one to go against them, and all of this has come at the same time as the revelations of their unpaid tax bill having gone continually unpaid for another ten days. I can't see this ending well. This is this is not a team that are going to stay in Arizona. This is a team that can't even sort out their finances when their parents, the NHL, and Gary Bettman has to be brought in by a city council to try and pay their bills for them. This is a disastrous franchise. It was always a weird, like a weird uh, decision. Whenever the they were, you know, being there has always been a strange one. Um, you know, it never seemed to be a logical place for a hockey team. Um, because places that are a bit vague, Nashville, for example, that you're going, oh, maybe not hockey. They have really sort of bought into it and like made a big, big deal about it. Where you don't really hear about the same thing in Arizona or Phoenix or whatever they're called these days. Um, you know, there's not that the teams that are in non-hockey uh, markets usually push like put a big push in, like Florida, Florida, uh, the the Lightning and Panthers. You know, they do a lot of work. The drum up, and you know, when you think of them, when you think of the Tampa Bay, well, they've won the Stanley Cup, you know, for for example, you know, you think that there's a lot of um, a lot of possibilities there, but when you hear the Coyotes, you're like, oh, they still around, you know, it's desperate. Mm. Sorry, let me let me clarify something that I said earlier on. I got I mis misinterpreted the the votes. So at the minute, there are three yes votes. Uh, two no votes and two no two votes that are undecided but are leaning towards no at this point following the the recent revelations of the unpaid taxes and bills uh, that came to light now to point out the next Tempe City Council meeting is set for today Thursday 
uh, at 5pm local time. Um, so by the time this airs, there could well have been a decision made and these undecided votes could have cast their votes. So we could know uh, by the next podcast whether or not hockey stays in Arizona. I mean, guys, if, if hockey doesn't stay in Arizona, um, you know, do they look to move the franchise like they've done previously? Move it for next... Do they have time to move it by next season? Is it Arizona pull out for next season? What's going to happen? But I guess we'll just have Quebec, to move. Quebec, Quebec, Quebec are ready. Quebec are ready. Quebec Kansas are City ready. Also, for a big push, a move is a hell of a lot easier than a than a um, expansion. You know, yeah. Um, you yeah. can move. They should be able. Like, there's. I look at um, the the Raiders in NFL. I'm sure they moved from uh, Oakland to Vegas there this season, and they just on the off season. You know, um, so if it's just a matter of packing up the the, the vans and moving it down the road then should be doable um it's uh, it's whenever you have to do it from scratch is the problem yeah. um so there, there's only i can't, I can't imagine it, it will be a rebrand though because you can't imagine oh, yeah. the, the quebec um coyotes well that's, you can do it for a season a, until you can that's a frozen that's a frozen dead animal the kansas that's what that is <laughs> the, can, the kansas coyotes did you just say kansas was an option as well the kansas, kansas city's kansas. another place that's pushing for the kansas for an city NFL coyotes. Team or an NHL team um okay um dave i'll go on with my last story is that all right yes that's the one i'm looking forward to perfect um here in the uk um, we have this week um we've been talking we talked during the period one around the this this week and this coming weekend is our um pride or um hockey is for everyone weekend depending on which way you wanted to tailor it some teams in the elite league are um targeting as hockey is for everyone in, in keeping with the NHL's um phrasing and the NHL's um branding, I suppose, of the similar of a similar nature. And some teams are advertising it as um a quality game or the uh Pride weekend. Um no matter what you want to look at, it's Pride and the, the rainbow colours are gonna be flying um proudly this coming weekend. Um but this past weekend, so this past weekend, um the weekend of January what is it, tenth? No, January yeah, ninth, eighth, ninth, eighth. Uh, the Kalamazoo Wings um, from um, the Kalamazoo Wings uh, had their um, had their Pride Weekend in the ECHL, um, but their Pride Weekend uh, they went one step uh, beyond, um, and they turned the neutral zone and half of the offensive offensive zone uh, into a, oh, I suppose half of the defensive zone too, uh, into a full rainbow. Uh, having painted the ice and having real rainbow colored ice uh so the the, the bottom layer of the the rink of the rink was paint or was dyed i suppose um to um rainbow colors and um yeah it was a thing of i don't know your take i don't know your guys take on it but um i don't know if you've seen any of the video action um when you see the players flying down the the ice it looks phenomenal in my opinion um but it's going that one step you know taking that one step further um, and showing their commitment to um, equality, I suppose, and also um, hockey is for everyone. Um, I mean, these these guys have had. Let's let's you know make it clear. These guys, the Wings organization, are known for promotions. They've done the green ice for St Patrick's Day. They did orange ice for Halloween. They've done pink ice for the breast cancer awareness weekends, and they've done lavender for hockey fights cancer nights. I mean, I think you know it's it's yeah i mean again just in keeping with tradition i suppose they they went i'm I'm really impressed i suppose with the just how vibrant the colors wore uh, and the fact that we're able to get the uh you know the six separate colors to stand out exactly the way they should be um i guess you know dave um your thoughts i mean i, 
I absolutely loved it. Um, I just think it's um, it's a statement, and it must have looked because the games are the ECHL are televised locally as well, and it's just such a a vibrant thing to see. Uh, and they're just making a statement that they're saying it is for everybody, and there's you know, and the how how much equality means to to their organisation. Um, uh, it's it's fantastic. Did you see their jerseys? Yeah, I did. They were really good. That's too. just what I was gonna. Nice I I was gonna say that as well. Like when you combine the. The ice is a, a huge statement piece, and, and there's no getting away from it. Like that, it is in their blood. It is in that organization's blood to to use the ice to make a statement, and that definitely makes a statement. But we love jerseys here, and mm-hmm. like we are later on, we're going to talk about jerseys a little bit. And these are these are cracker um, hockey's for everyone pride colored jerseys, um, and yeah, they're they're fantastic. You put the two things together, it's a clear statement from that organization, and it's fantastic to see. Um, Dave, that's that's me because my next question again, the other question I had, he's, he's preempted it. It was about the jersey, so there we go. <laughs> um, he's in my head. You know exactly awesome. where I'm going. So yeah, um, that's me. Yeah, I think it's our six year anniversary doing the podcast. We should really know what we're doing by now. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Um, if that is the last piece, we will move swiftly on to period three. Period three, then, is our general knocky news. Knocky news, then, is where we discuss anything and everything else in the world of hockey uh, that we feel needs attention brought to it. Um, Guys, unfortunately, we have a a sad story to start with, um, and I think it's important that we do start uh, period three with this story. Um, Marty, uh, this was the sad... um, Sad story coming out of uh, Connecticut um, with the the unfortunate passing of uh, a young player. Yeah, um, this this past week, um, a young young player called Teddy Balkand, um, Connecticut teenager who died such tragic circumstances on the ice. Um, he is a um, Brunswick School varsity team, um, and he was in a college preparatory school for boys in Greenwich, uh, Saint Luke's Co- Saint Luke's School. Um, private co-educational school um during the game balkan fell on the ice and a player of the other team was unable to stop and unfortunately collided with him um cutting balkan's neck uh, with a skate blade um balkan was treated by brunswick medical staff and was transported to the local hospital but tragically he didn't survive the operation um no matter what they tried to try and keep the keep the young man alive they were unable to do so um officials then had to announce that his death happened um shortly um after arriving at the hospital i mean it's tragic um you know we can't you can't imagine um what parents family friends this young man who obviously was the the person who couldn't stop you know we think about everything we think about how young these kids are and just you know how impactful this will be and how tough it's going to be for everyone that's involved with this um the nhl um everyone right across the world um a hashtag started trending and that's how i seen this story was the hashtag started called sticks out for teddy um the nhl uh, put a statement to say that the nhl mourns the passing of teddy bulkand um the a member of the hockey family lost too soon and um, prayers are with fa- friends and family and all of the teammates at st luke's um i mean Guys, there's not much more you can say about it. It's just such a tragic story. It's such a tragic incident to happen. Um, 
you know, wherever you are across the world, whatever the tradition is within your local area in terms of hockey, be that a, tick st- uh, a, a stick tap, be that a moment silence, be that a loud applause for a minute, whatever that might be. You know, everybody should be thinking about this young man and, and the tragic circumstances that um, that happened um, for this young lad. But we felt that it was important, obviously, to talk about the story because it was one of the leading stories this week. Um, and it was across everywhere. Uh, you know, mainstream media caught had picked this up and talked about it. So we felt it was only right to include it and, and note it and um, also send our, our condolences for what they're worth um, from the team here at Door 14 to anybody who's been affected by this tragedy. Yep, absolutely. Just to mirror everything that you, you've said, Marty, our our heartfelt condolences do go out to, to Teddy's friends, family and to his teammates um, as well uh, at uh, what is going to be an incredibly difficult time. Um, guys, um, a, a slightly nicer um, story uh, came out over the, the Christmas period as well. Um, this was uh, the story of the... The Habs, or sorry, not the Habs, the, the Vancouver Canucks um, assistant um, equipment manager. At the start of the season, he was in Seattle for Seattle's first home game uh, on, in franchise history. Um, and he was doing his job during the game, uh, sorting out equipment uh, between plays and during play and everything else. A young woman um, was sitting in the stands just right behind the... Um, the Vancouver bench, Nadia Popovici was standing just, or was sat just there. Um, she noticed something on um, Brian's neck. Brian Hamilton is the assistant um, equipment manager for the Canucks. Noticed something on his neck and uh, with a, a small amount of medical uh, training that she had at this point, she's a, a medical student, um, she had concerns about what she could see and thought that there was something that uh, he had to have checked out. So she wrote a message on her phone and started banging the glass to get his attention and just left the message up saying, I think the, the mole in your neck is cancerous and it needs to be checked out. Um, this was obviously back in October, uh, just a, about the week before Christmas, am I right? Or the week the week of Christmas, maybe, actually. Um, the, um, the, the Canucks' uh, Brian Hamilton put out a message through the team saying that he had had this checked out. It was cancerous, uh, but... Because of the message that uh, Nadia put out, they got it in time and he's well on the road to a full recovery and get to spend uh, time with his, his friends and family through that. Um, Marty, this then went all the way through to the, the next game. They were they were hunting for Nadia uh, through it all and then both teams have made a, an, an absolutely fantastic gesture for her. Yeah, I mean, the the, the teams, um, as you say, they... they, they... They put in a, a national hunt, shall, shall we call it? Because that's what they, they eventually did. I suppose what happened was um, Hamilton wanted to obviously find this person, wanted to thank this person who saved his life, who he called a hero, um, called his hero, his personal hero, um, his lifesaver. And they put out a, the Canucks tweeted out an appeal um, to find the fan before they returned to play in Seattle at the Climate Pledge Arena on the 1st of January. The uh, tweet kind of that went out was... Um, 
it was a big enough peak tweet um, and it just came it was basically stated that um we're tra- we're on the lookout for a young female fa- a, a, a female fan who um was able to help our assistant equipment manager Brian Hamilton um discover um you know save his life kind of thing uh, if you have any information about who this young lady was please let us know please get in touch please you know kind of get us involved with whoever it is um uh thankfully through the power of social media and through um obviously linking in um they were able to identify um you know who that that person was and were able to connect them with the were able to connect nadia um back with um brian and the team and um she is an aspiring um medical student um so both teams um the both teams were able vancouver and also um seattle uh joined forces and were awarded have decided to award her a scholarship of ten thousand dollars towards her medical um education um as a as a thank you and as a as a gesture to say as, as a wonderful experience as the wonderful thing that she'd done so uh again stick taps to um in, in a different way um stick tap to nadia for um her use of bit of knowledge that she had but also for saving the day as a hero for um um brian yep absolutely um fantastic and great story right so this is knocky news guys and this is the story these are the stories that we we like covering in knocky news this is this is stuff that doesn't fit into period one or two and this is a prime example i i alluded earlier on to the fact that uh can I, can Florida I just, is, sorry, John, can I just, before you go in further, can I just preface this? Okay. As the host of this podcast. Okay. I'm going to ask, it's, it's usually a family podcast. So think about your words when you're, when you're introducing this story. <laughs> Try and, oh, don't worry. I'll think, yeah. I'll think about them, but I'll still use them. Okay. <laughs> go. So, um, this, this last weekend, um, in, in Florida, um, the the Panthers um, were I don't know who the Panthers were playing. It doesn't really matter at this point with this story. The the Florida Panthers were playing a game at home somewhere, um, and right next to the uh, media box, uh, a number of fans noticed something unusual was happening uh, just to the left of the journalists. Um, it turns out that uh, U.S. rapper Kodak Black uh, was putting on a. a, a what looked to be a very different kind of show uh, in in the private box that he'd been put into. Um, there there were allegations were made online. Um, there were insinuations, in fact, were made online, um, all of which had to be rescinded upon receival of a, a different angle of the incident, let's call it, um, was received, uh, in which it appears that there was no foul play. Uh, now, I'm using... I'm using DOP's language here, guys, because um, I don't know if you noticed that the other link I've put up since we started, um, and I've labelled it DOP's uh, in uh, our running order. A fan um, has posted online, I'm going to give him a shout out for it because it's absolutely fantastic. Uh, Mike Westlake uh, on Twitter, uh, at Mike Westlake, has produced a DOPS video, uh, an NHL Department of Player Safety um, Mm -hmm, video, mm. um, breaking... Now, I'm going to use his words here, okay? This is a breakdown of uh, an illegal hit from behind uh, play in Florida. The video is absolutely brilliant. Now, I'll caveat that with the fact that I haven't been able to listen to the audio yet, but just the video and the fact that he, he uses the same sort of 
shadowing out and highlighting bubble as the NHL Department of Player Safety uses, and then almost a complete carbon copy of the yep. normal graphics as well for the roundup at the end. <laughs> it's absolutely fantastic. Um, like you say, Marty, it's a family show. Um, we we will put the links to this up on um, our website. Uh, guys, any any reaction to what you see in the videos? <laughs> um, well, obviously, without who's, you know, who's Kodak Black. <laughs> and yet again for the second time this podcast we have aged ourselves it sounds like the camera that uh, you'd have thrown in the bin when you were finished using it yeah <laughs> to be fair i i don't know who he is either i'm not into my rap so maybe we'll ask my my maybe we'll ask my nephew he seems to be a, a rap fan at the moment uh he's going to see a rapper called dave who i didn't know was a rapper either so there you go um dave. not not you, you. <laughs> not you um uh but I, I suppose my take on it is um you know kodak black was just dancing you know he was just having a bit of an innocent dance in the box was construed as something else. It I, didn't, I don't dance like that. It didn't help the Kodak Black <laughs> may have went on Instagram Live and I, I do, but not in arenas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Um, okay. Um, that's, that's a that's a different that's a different kind of arena show right there. Oh, um, you pay extra for that sort of thing. You do. You normally would. Um, so yes, Kodak Black uh, was just dancing, but it didn't help that he did put on his Instagram li- Instagram live, putting the enchilada in the pinata. It didn't help. <laughs> it didn't help. Um, so we'll leave it at that. As you say, John, we'll add the story onto our. Um, we can we can yep. only suggest watching these videos if yep. you need clarity uh, on what's going on. And let's be honest, when we all saw these videos coming online, we all needed clarity on what was going on. <laughs> Um, guys, that rounds off Noggy News. I'm glad to say that that rounds it off on a, a bit of a, a higher note. Um, and it takes us on to the star segment. So last time around, we decided to take the, the podcast off uh, as far as the star segment was concerned. There hadn't been really a lot was going on. COVID was causing a lot of problems uh, across every league uh, around the world. But we're back this time around. Um, Marty, I am going to come to you for your nomination this time around because it's someone that we've already spoken about. And no, it's not Evander Kane. Uh, no, my uh, star for this um, was a kind of an easy one for me, and I kind of felt that it was a bit of a cheap um, um, ad. But uh, my ad for this one is Nadia um, from our previous story. Um, I just feel that you know that is a fantastic news story. Um, while it may not be a player, while it may not be a certain play, um, this lady deserves all the sick taps and deserves um notif- like noticed um what she has done for this man um, and saving this man's life brand's life so that's my star for this episode absolutely uh brilliant brilliant pull brilliant nomination um can't argue with that one um dave i saw you panically typing away there and i see on the running order a name has uh, has finally popped up at the last minute in uh, your nomination so uh Tell us who you've gone for and why. I don't, I don't know what you're talking about, but 100% prepared. That's been there the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> so I went with uh, uh, Jackson Whistle. Um, and Marty, you'll know why. We had a chat about it during the, the last game we were at. Um, I have to say, this is more just um, Jackson Whistle overall um, this season so far, rather than just the last game. Bear in mind, the last game he was in was fantastic also. Um, he has came a long way from when he, he first played for the for the Giants and then he went off. Um, he's recovered from his surgery phenomenally well um, that he had after he left the Giants. Um, and he is really 
in my opinion, is growing into what will possibly be one of the best Great Britain starters um, of the modern time. Um, I think that he'll uh, quickly overtake uh, Ben Bounds as Ben Bounds gets uh, slightly older uh, and maybe starts playing in more leagues that won't afford him time to get back to GB as often. Um, and I think Jackson Wiss will, will make big steps forward and he's only getting better um, with every game he plays. Um, and at the Giants, he's now getting regular, fairly regular ice time, um, which is doing wonders for, for his ability. Um, and you can see it in his stats. Um, I think um, he's probably going to be the, the netminder to watch. And I think he's going to be fantastic if he stays with the Giants. He'll be fantastic for the Giants as an organization. And I think he, and vice versa, um, it'll be good for him also. So that's awesome. Okay. Um, guys, this time around, I, I'm also staying close to home. I'm staying to Belfast. And this is literally off the back of last night's game, uh, last night's Challenge Cup game against the Coventry Blaze. Uh, and I'm going for Belfast Giants' own Lewis Hook. Um, just for a, a goal that was inconsequential as far as the result went. Um, but the, the last goal, the fifth goal on the night, uh, and it's simply because it's a goal that shouldn't have happened um, I don't know if you guys saw me tweet, and Marty, you'll know what I'm talking about when I start describing the play. So at the end of the game, uh, the Belfast Giants were um, on a penalty kill. They were shorthanded, and they were going to be shorthanded to end the game. Um, the Coventry Blaze pulled their netminder and went six on four. The Giants won the puck off the face-off in their own zone, fired it down the end, and the referee blew the whistle and called icing. Now, immediately they knew that this was a problem, but of course, uh, what could have been... Uh, a play to set up an empty net goal was gone and CJ Mott was allowed back into the nets but it didn't matter the referees took the puck to centre ice and Lewis Hook went through everyone and delivered himself uh, a short-handed goal uh, off his own rebound off CJ Mott so actually it didn't even matter that Mott got back in goal because we still managed to score short-handed uh, on him uh, at the end of the day but it was a brilliant brilliantly worked goal and just for the fact that it was a goal against the goalie in nets that shouldn't have been it, it, the situation should never have arose at the end of that game for CJ to be back in nets but he still scored the goal for that that goal alone Lewis Hook uh, don't get me wrong as well he's been playing absolutely fantastic recently uh, and I think he's one of the standouts of the team this year um, outside of the, the top line but yeah for that alone Lewis Hook gets my nomination so with that that gives us our three nominations I'll rattle through them again so Marty you've gone for Nadia Popovici um, the hero of uh, Vancouver's um, back our assistant uh, equipment manager sorry tripping over my own words there Dave you've gone for Jackson Whistle and I have gone for Lewis Hook we will I'll do my best to put the vote up this time on time. Uh, hopefully it won't be a panic 24-hour thing. Um, but Marty, that takes us on to overtime. So our overtime segment is uh, the last part of our episode where we just kind of cover off anything else that has came to our attention in the world of hockey. Uh, be that from our listeners who have sent in any Twitter questions that may have come in. I don't think there is anything this week. Or if there's anything else we just kind of want to finish our episode on. Uh, and guys, the one, one thing I did want to finish our episode on is given the fact that it is um, the Elite League Pride Week um, and we are coming up to the Belfast Giants Pride game this coming weekend well tomorrow today if you're listening to the episode um, then 
we have uh, obviously our favorite topic um gets to come in and it's not that we're going to put pit them against each other and decide on who has the best one because that's not what this is about we're, we're supposed to be looking at it as a quality thing we're supposed to be looking at it as a from a, a point of view of like everybody's doing their part for 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 this um but we have um a number of jerseys have been released obviously for this coming weekend um every team that i could find apart from the only team that hasn't released anything yet from a a point of view for pride weekend is the cardiff devils there's nothing being put out on their social medias or their social channels um highlighting anything to do with pride weekend or their jersey for this coming weekend if they're going to be having a pride game or not i don't know um apologies to cardiff if um they have and we've just missed it out on it but we looked around today to see if we could find anything and there's been nothing um anywhere we couldn't find anything so um you know maybe they'll come out in the next few days and explain maybe reasons why um they haven't done anything yet but um we'll go ahead anyway for what we have got and what we have seen um i suppose it's a simple question um i'm going to put it to you guys um have you first off i've put them all together and um, i put them all on our um our shared drive has everyone had a chance to look at all of the jerseys together and um, i think someone i did someone did open a presentation and i think it's all a presentation thing i don't know can't see that but uh guys um Dave, coming to you first. Um, out of you know, we've got nine jerseys in front of us. Um, all play, all teams represented apart from Cardiff. Which jersey for you do you think stands out most? Which one do you think um is your favourite? Um, I, I would say most improved. I'll do this one here. The Giants are the most improved jersey. Um, last year's jersey was a bit of weak sauce. Uh, it was a bit me. But my favourite is actually the Five Flyers. Um, I, I think they've done something different. Um, they've made a bit more of an um, overall effort uh, with the silhouettes. Um, love is love, I think it says on it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, which I think is class. Um, and and I, thought, I, would, I think it's a class look. And the logo, again, you know, they've, they've really went all out to put the, the color on, um, more so than, than some, not as much as others, because obviously um, the blazer are, are just saturated in the rainbow which i think is absolutely gorgeous um and so are the um the clan um so i would say most improved giants best jersey five great uh john same question to you out of the nine jerseys we're looking at um which one do you feel stands out most for you which one do you, do you like the most amazingly i'm going to highlight the same two but in different respects okay um my talking about the fife jersey i absolutely love it it is something entirely different the one thing i'll point out on it that whether or not this comes to pass i just want to point this out if he's noticed that there's no sponsors mm. it's a sponsor free jersey now whether or not that is what hits the ice i don't know um this is obviously a a, a production image that we're looking at from crosscheck who are producing these um for i believe fife and maybe one or two other teams as well mm-hmm. this season it's an it's an outstanding jersey and dave's right it's the small details that makes this jersey the the love is love sublimated behind the black that is the block color of the jersey and the the other one that i love is the um hockey is for everyone inside the collar uh, oh, i, I, I love those i love those little details be, being put in there but if i'm talking about my favorite jersey it's got to be the Giants one this season. Um, my my key reason being they've simplified things a lot. Now, the logos, the sponsors are still on there. Okay, that's fine. But you know what it reminds me of? Remember years ago, and they still do it now. Remember when Skittles started doing their Pride packaging? And they said that they were giving up the rainbow for Pride. That is ex- almost exactly what's happened here. 
the team colours are gone. The we've already seen with the Challenge Cup jersey, it's been really popular because the colours have in the logos and things have been left to one side. It's a very clean white logo. It's white sponsors are on this. What makes it pop then is the rainbow, and you've got the messaging um, within that. Um, in the land of the giants, everyone is equal. Um, it's a line that I fully respect, and I've had potentially problems with the way that the line has been used previously because I, I've not agreed with the way that, in which it's been used. This is the way that it should be used, and I absolutely love the way that it's been done this season. That is a jersey that come tomorrow night uh, in the SSE. I will be dropping a couple of quid on short off the backs for that. Yeah, um, I would be. I, I, I'm. I'm agreeing with you with both of you in terms of the Belfast Giants one. It's definitely you know compared to last year's. We had our conversation about this around us last year, and everybody had different opinions on last year's jersey. We had different fans thinking that the jersey last year was enough. That that's what they need to do. We had fans who kind of similar, maybe similar ideas to ourselves. Felt that there wasn't enough given, or it felt like that some that they kind of maybe cheapened out and for some reason didn't put their what 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 would be looked at as their name as in like the the logo they didn't associate the logo with the pride you know movement and it was quite a kind of a strange decision to do last year but you're right the the message is still there you know um the in the land of the giants is still there that message is still clear but this year they've used the rainbow to emphasize it now the giants one isn't my favorite one Fife is a notable one that I I do like. I agree with you, Dave. Dave uh, and and John. The Fife one has great subtle little things. Can I can I guess? Can I guess at where you might be going? Yes, because I think I think I know where you might be going, and no. I think it's going to be Manchester. No. Oh wow. Okay. No. Um. So my um my choice, uh, controversial choice in some ways. People will be like, "What you doing? What?" And it's because of something you just said there, John. And and this is exactly what I thought of when I seen this jersey. And it's exactly what you said. So um, we we have obviously the Nottingham Panthers jersey just down here in the bottom. When we're looking at our screen, we have the Nottingham Panthers jersey. The Nottingham Panthers for me, the jersey looks plain. It looks white. They've pulled out. There's no Nottingham color. There's Nottingham's, Nottingham's logos on it. Yes. There's no, there's no ye- gold or yellow, or whatever they call it, mustard, whatever they want to call it. Um, Nottingham's colours aren't on it anywhere. It's white. They've put on, and you've never, I've never seen a Nottingham jersey this, this clear, this clean, this devoid of their own branding and own colours. And they have the rainbow clearly running down both sleeves, and they have the hockey is for uh, everyone. Hockey is for everyone in rainbow colours running along the bottom as well. And I think it's clean. It's a clean jersey. They've done exactly as you said, John. It's kind of that Skittles idea where they've taken away their own branding. They've took out their own colours and they're slowly going with the, the rainbow colours. And for me, it stands out as one of the best jerseys there. And I, I just think it looks clean. And again, exactly as you said with the Fife one, I, I see very little to uh, no sponsorship on that jersey for a big team. And if this is the jersey that they're going to go out with this weekend, if they're playing in this jersey, this is their big team. This is an arena team that aren't going to be putting sponsorship on their jerseys. And you look at Sheffield, who've got sponsorship on their jersey, and the Giants, who have sponsorship on their jersey. And no, and that's fine. And it's fine. It brings in, and it's, it's part of an agreement they've made with their sponsorships. But if Nottingham go with this and don't have sponsorships on the jersey, and this is the jersey that runs out, fair play to Nottingham, because I think it's a great jersey. And fair that's play. All I, can, I, I can appreciate that. Yeah. So I'm surprised. The, the, I'll, I'll give one other shout out, um, and I know I've already done it for Fife, but... I feel like they they need a little bit of kudos for this is the Manchester jersey yeah. um, because they're the only team 
of course, without having had sight of what Cardiff are going to put out there, who have the updated colours. Um, so they they have included oh, the yeah. um, the the additional colours that are now part of the LGBTQ oh, the, the AI plus. Um, yeah, so the the additional colours are in there. Um, obviously, we know without rehashing it again, we know that um, Manchester themselves and a, a a player with Manchester made history uh, as far as um, coming out as a, a player is concerned. Um, but that's really cool to see that stripe down the middle of the jersey is the the updated colours. That's that's pretty cool. The one thing I will say, and I I'm only going to speak for myself on this. Um, I can't speak for you two. Um. But um, I, if, if anybody, if any fans or anybody who's listened to this podcast doesn't agree and, and thinks that, you know, um, you know, that, that they don't need to teams, certain teams don't need to make it politicized it or don't need to highlight pride and, and highlight LGBTQ. And, and, and if there's anybody out there who feels that that's, that's, that's your opinion, that's fine. I have a personal connection with it. You know, I have friends and family and I think it's it's about time that something like this happens and then they can identify with something you know, something that's theirs and, and they're uh, included in something. So it, it, it's it's not a political statement, you know, it's Yeah, so yeah. There you go. Look at John's ready for tomorrow. Um guys, I'm gonna leave it there. Um actually I'm not gonna I'm leaving it there. That's it. That's our overtime done. Um obviously Aaron is not here this week with us. Um so we have absolutely sadly we have no ABCs of hockey this week. Um um, I think so this, is the, this is the second one as well because he he, he hadn't read his, his book ahead of time last no, time. So, so it's a um, month without a bedtime story. I mean, there's a lot of tired people out there. Awful, awful. And um, before I do finish off this episode, I do want to do uh, one shout out um, and we will tweet it. Um, you're listening to this podcast Friday, the 14th of January. Uh, Friday or Saturday, the 15th of January is a certain person's birthday. Um, John Ford's birthday is tomorrow. Oh, your birthday guys. tomorrow hey. so happy birthday tomorrow it is not tomorrow because thank you 30 <laughs> 35 <laughs> yeah who'd have thought who'd have thought i'd make it this far we will i will i will um scavenge through um the the numerous uh photographs on my phone and find a suitable one to uh put up on our twitter um, yeah, it's, it's always that it's that one time a year i wish that i hadn't started this whole thing of finding whatever the the terrible photos we all have of each other on uh, so, our phones are maybe i'll be nice maybe i'll i'll go something nice this year you no, never you know no, no. You You'll take one of the million of selfies that he's taken over the years on your phone. Yep, that's true. Uh, now, if we're talking about selfies on somebody else's phone, Marty takes the absolute biscuit on that one from Germany. <laughs> uh, half, of, half of my iCloud account is full of your face. <laughs> my phone, my phone thinks you're me. Oh dear. Um, but with that, guys, then I'm just going to sign off for this week um, by doing our usual. So, uh, just our usual shout out and our usual call to action. Uh, if you um, like. The podcast if you um like what you're hearing um don't forget to leave us a review and um, give us a, a star review as well as a written review if you can It'd be really appreciated uh, it all helps um if you want to listen to any of our previous episodes or look at the content that we've talked about today um we would advise you to do that especially with one of the stories from our knocky news um check out our website at door14hockey.com um don't be afraid to get in touch with us. Don't be afraid to uh, interact with us and have a chat. Um, you can do so through all of our social media channels. We're on all main, main social media, uh, Instagram, Facebook, and also our main one, is Twitter, at Door14Hockey. Uh, and don't forget, you can access our podcast um, from any uh, major podcast provider as well as smart speakers. Um, so don't be afraid to ask uh, Alexa, play Door14Hockey podcast. So anybody who's listening to that out loud, 
Their next will hopefully play. Um, with that, we will sign off for this week. Uh, everybody who's going to any games this week in the Elite League, please enjoy. Um, enjoy the the colourful nature of this weekend. Um, as John says, we'll uh, Dave. I don't know if you're going to be there yet this weekend, but we'll we'll hopefully see you there. But um, if not, we will be. Me and John will definitely be there with our um, pride something pride related anyway. Be that um, our. our something and we'll also be spending our money to try and get uh, a jersey and yeah. um, so we'll hopefully see some people around the arena um but with that have a great weekend uh, and i'll sign off i'm marty and dave i'm john have a great week